back in the game with the press box. Well, our pitchers aren't pitching well, and uh, our hitters aren't hitting well, and uh, our fielders aren't fielding well, and uh, our fans aren't fanning well. Weekday mornings from 9 to noon on 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. Everyone Independent Living. For adults 55 and up, we're going to get the most out of life. It's a great place to live, great community to be a part of, great people live there, great residents, great employees. Uh, it's just a really happy, you know, beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, great amenities, two chef prepare meals daily, concierge services, housekeeping services, and all-inclusive pricing. Why would you not want to be at Everlon Living? Go to their website, everlonliving.com. Find out more. If you are a loved one, uh, want to, wants to get the most out of life and live in luxury, thoughtful design, and just really just doesn't want to do the upkeep of a traditional home anymore, you have the option at Everlon Independent Living. I think will be a great, great place uh, to to be. So go check them out, everlonliving.com. That's the website located 150 Pershing Avenue in Clemson, right there in Patrick Square Town Center. A lot of businesses and amenities there to take advantage of when you live at Everlon. 654 Roar, you want to get in with us. Quick news update from a station standpoint, John. We have breaking news here on the uh, press box for the station. We're doing a March Madness show, my friend. Coming up in March, obviously. (laughs) March 18th, right? We're doing that in April or February. That'd be weird. March 18th, that's a Monday, I believe, live from Mellow Mushroom in Clemson. (laughs) 5 to 8 p.m. More details coming soon. Stay tuned for that. But yeah, 5 to 8 at Mellow Mushroom on the 18th of March. Go ahead and get your calendars marked. That's going to be a fun show this year. I'm looking forward to it. Brad, I will see you there. You will be there. Well, I'll be there. (laughs) Okay. Uh, you know who else? You know who's going to be in the tournament? Who's that? Clemson and South Carolina are going to be in the tournament more than very much more than likely. So that's going to make it a fun. Oh, absolutely. We we could spend segments talking about Brad Brownell and Lamont Paris. I can't wait. <laughs> segments. Like I, I don't want to. You know, you don't want to rush through life to get to something else because you know we got. Two big basketball games this week. The Lady Tigers are on the hardwood. We've got ba- uh, baseball starting up on Friday, but I'm ready for that as well. It's the day after St. Patrick's Day. Sure, they'll uh, they'll, they'll be ready to host you. Absolutely. At Mel Mushroom. Love going over Mel Mushroom. We did the college football uh, kickoff show from there. Yes, we did. Back in August. We've done a lot of things at Mellow Mushroom in Clemson. It's, it's been a great, great venue for us. I believe this is our first March Madness show there. I don't think we've done the... We've, we did a bowl show there. And we've done some of the kickoff shows. We have not done. I think you're correct in March. I think you're correct in that. Yeah, uh, that'll be. Well, we have a full house. I th- I think like from a every time we've been to Mellow Mushroom. No, 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 no. I oh. mean from a station standpoint. I can speak that I'll be there. That is right before. That is the week. That that'll be the day after the bracket comes out. So we won't have a lot of time to dissect it. Uh, but we'll we'll be ready to make some picks. John will give you who he'll give you the winner. I tell you right now, he he uh, he did better than me last year. You did better than anybody at the station last year in the bracket challenge. I completely forgot that you dominated. 
I can't. Oh, let's go. Let's run it back. So yeah, I think you'll be. Uh, gonna, Brad, can I give you a tip? You'll be sought after for your advice. Yeah. Can I just give you a tip right now? Yeah. Don't don't take Tennessee out of the first weekend. I know you're still trying to figure out what you're going to do with your volunteers. Don't what? Don't take them going out of the first weekend. Have them losing in the first weekend? Yeah. No, they won't lose that soon. Second weekend. You sure about that? <laughs> I mean, John, it's NCAA tournament. No, I'm not sure about that. I mean, no, no one's immune to that. Um, last time, let's see. They went to the Sweet 16 last year. So they did make it out of the first weekend last year. Exception to the rule. Didn't make it out of the first weekend the year before that or the year before that. Uh, did have the you know COVID year where it was canceled. Uh, made the Sweet 16 in 19 and did not get out of the first weekend in 18 under Rick Barnes. There you go. So two Sweet 16s. Okay, so the odds are they don't make it out of the first weekend based on their history. In this case, please tell me the odds. No. No, we don't we don't do wads on this show, nor do we do weather. Six five four roar. You want to get in with us. John, college football, FanDuel has already released some win totals. It's February. And we're talking college football win totals. Remember when we used to not even these things didn't even exist until like June or July. Yeah. Think about how far we've come. It sort of Started getting some like in May for a couple of years and then maybe then pushed to March. Now it's in February and we, already out. Brad Fandle released all these before the Super Bowl kicked off. I'm not opposed to such things. I love it. I love it. It's great conversation pieces. I just hope that they are going to be willing to fluctuate these win totals throughout the course of the offseason. We, we can. We don't have to make any hard and definitive statements. In fact, I just want to do some loose conversations about this today because we don't we don't know enough about the rosters. There's still going to be another entire transfer portal season to take place. So we've got to go through all of that in uh, in April and May. And there'll certainly be some some names, some some you know important players that are going to leave their current situation for somewhere else. And then there's guys that are currently in the portal that haven't found homes. I mean, there, there's still lots to figure out there, right, with rosters. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't even started to try to wrap my head out. I mean got a good feel of what Clemson's roster is going to be in 2024 but in terms of trying to figure out the opponents the ACC the SEC kind of need spring ball to get going to see who's showing up to practice well it's also some NIL deals that'd be worked out between now and the closing of that second window that's just a fact that's just yeah. the way it works so I mean in theory we can't have any true real predictions until we get to June I tend to agree to with be that. more to be more concrete predictions I mean yeah, yeah we can give our opinions in the here and now but in terms of what we're going to truly project into the 24 season so let's go off of some parameters okay with all this right conversation when we're evaluating win totals in february let's take into account what you did last year what the narrative around your program is because that dictates what odds makers do too. the narrative it's a factor what people think about yeah like some teams are going to get higher bumps than others just because of their brand name or lack of a brand name maybe a bump down Maybe value there. Uh, and then staff, coaching staff, Those some of those are still shifting too. So that's another reason why we can't be definitive today. And then quarterback situation. I, I think those are four good parameters to work around right now. Do you agree? Yes, because I also think the quarterback situation is not soft across the country. Right. I, I, at second portal window, there's going to be a couple guys that enter to want to go get a bigger bid. 
which I think is why it's worth evaluating some of these now. Let's start with Clemson. Team right down the road. The Tigers. Win total is nine and a half. The over is getting plus money. Under nine and a half is shaded heavily here. Minus 142 to take the under. So oddsmakers are telling you they think the Tigers probably don't get to nine wins, but they set it at nine and a half. Your thought, or the market's telling you. I shouldn't say oddsmakers. Well, I think you look, so you talk about, you know, your narrative at the end of the last season. It was a bad month of October. There's some tough parts in September, but you won five in a row down the stretch to end things. I think Clemson carries some momentum into this offseason that it did not have last year after the loss to Tennessee and South Carolina. I think when you've seen some of the losses across the league, you, I think where Clemson's kind of sitting from a transfer portal exodus and NFL draft declarations and things like that, a lot of returning pieces, a lot of, you know, we talked about it last year, how many contributions you got from true freshmen and redshirt freshmen. You know, the amount of youth that is taking place on this team. I think the coaching moves, we you know, talk about some of these coaching additions, I think they are a big net positive with Matt Luke and Chris Rump. So does nine and a half feel right? Schedule's another factor in this. Too. Yes. That's another. So there's basically five parameters that we're going off of right now. I to think, see, do these numbers make sense? I think it's it's about right. I don't know if I'd have it much higher than that. You feel nine and a half is... It's fair. It's fair. Uh, do you have a, a lean? Lean to the over. Okay. I, I think Clemson is, I think, is a 10-2 team this year. I'm not Where so we sure sit here about right that. Now. Uh, I think they're either nine and three or 10-2. and two. That I, will, I feel... That, that's why I think the number is perfect. I, I have no issue. With that. I think they are closer to ten and two than they are eight and four. Ooh, okay. But I, I think nine and three is also very much important. Oh, I, yeah, I do too. But in in terms of the purposes over under of, the, of that nine and a half, how much of their win total is affected by that opening game? There's no another way to ask. How much is it affected by it? I think a lot. This is going to be the number one team in the country, right? Georgia yeah, oh, will be definitely, the number one team. Definitely. From preseason, when, when Tote meets Leather on Saturday, August 31st, Georgia will have the number one next to their name when they play Clemson. I mean, we've seen early lines of, like, double-digit spread. Yeah. Clemson will be a heavy underdog in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So that's that has to... You factor that in if you... A hundred percent, yes. I think that is factored in. I think at Florida State is factored in. Mm. In there... NC State's a tough team. You've been able to take care of business at home, but you've lost two out of three to the Wolfpack. Yep. And then the home schedule, you know, you're getting you're getting Louisville at home, you're getting Stanford at home, uh, you're getting South Carolina at home. App State. Yeah. I, I just don't know. The number feels right. I, I, I just I don't know if I can argue with the number is, is what I'm trying to say. Quarterback situation, does a nine and a half feel about right based on the, the quarterback? Yeah, I mean, would you go this year? You went nine and four with Cade as your starting quarterback. Which, if if you are banking on a big jump by Cade Klubnik, then you can bank on Clemson at over. Not if you if if you think Cade Klubnik makes a huge jump this year. And Texter gets in difference between eight and four and eleven and one rides on the shoulders of Cade Klubnik. Probably true. That's in a lot of situations. That's what's going to come down to for most of these teams. For a lot of these teams. Is yeah, it, not just Clemson. It's most of these teams. Is how far can your quarterback take you? But if he makes a jump, 
I think you would feel very confident in taking over nine and a half. If you if you told me right now, I guarantee it. Kate is he's he's gonna be a top three or four QB in his own league this year. Would you bank on Clemson at nine and a half? If you were gonna operate with that premise this offseason into the season, then yes, I think you you would want to take the over. Okay. I'm in agreement with you though. I think the number is spot on from where to start our conversations with Clemson this offseason. I think I think nine and a half makes sense. And, I, and especially when you put it in context that it is the exact same number with Florida State and Miami in the ACC. Let's correlate that with Florida State. These two teams play each other. Yes. Down in Tallahassee. October 5th. Remember, there are no divisions anymore. So it's not a matter of whoever wins the game is locked in, you know, to be the representative in the ACC championship. There could game. be a rematch if everything else plays out accordingly. Feels unlikely right now in the league, but it, it can't happen. Nine and a half wins for Florida State is shaded toward the under as well at minus 148. Clemson was minus 142. What does that mean? That means that the market thinks it's unlikelier that, that they get to 10. Okay. Then, then Clemson. I'm very curious what your side of this is going to be. But where that number sits is what DJ Uyungle has done as a starting quarterback every year in college football. That's a great point. He lands like right on that number every single year. What was Oregon State last year? They nine and three. Before the loss to, to Notre Dame. <laughs> Were they nine and three in the regular season? Uh that sounds right. I'll have to look that up. Um I do think though you you make a good point about that. This is not like an unobtainable number for DJ. Yeah, it'd be absolutely ludicrous. Oh, DJ can't win 10 games? Yeah, he can. I've seen him do it. Right. So I'm doing it right down the street. But there's a lot of unknowns with Florida State. Uh, there is a tremendous amount of unknowns with Florida State. You know, all the. They were 8 and 4, by the way. 8 and 4, okay. In, in 2023. No, I'm sorry. 8 and 5. They were 8 and 5. Okay. 8 and 4 the regular season, lost bowl game. Okay. The, the thing right now at Florida State, and that's why I, I want to start having these conversations, is all the players that I know at Florida State are no longer at Florida State. Your Jared Verse, your Keon Coleman, your Johnny Wilsons, um, Trey Bensons, a lot of those linemen, uh, Brandon Fisk, he's going to be moving on. A lot of quality pieces on that team, the recognizable stars are, are gone. And it's not fair to Florida State. But the last time we saw them out there, they lost by 60. You know, I, I've, so I have a tough time trying to figure out where I am with Florida State and how to me before because a lot of the recent things are not in a positive light, but I understand and respect the line of what Mike Norvell has built to where I think they should be right near Clemson in terms of your preseason projections of this league. I'm sort of battling in my head whether or not I think this year's schedule is tougher. For Florida State? Yeah. You had to play LSU and Clemson in the same month, but they ended up not being LSU and Clemson. Sure. And some of that's because you beat them. Like Correct. You had a say yeah, in that. Definitely. But still they weren't they weren't the the upper echelon teams in, in twenty twenty three. But there's not really an upper echelon team in my opinion on Florida State schedule. But you have to go to SMU, which is going to be a weird game for you. You're out of your comfort zone there. You got to go to Miami who has the same win total as you. And then you have to go to Notre Dame. 
the four-game stretch of at Duke, at Miami, North Carolina, at Notre Dame. Wow, they're not losing North Carolina. They're never going to lose North Carolina. Oh, that's right. I forgot Mac Brown is... He's not allowed to beat Florida State. As long as Mac Brown is there, they're not losing North Carolina. That's fair. I apologize for for misspeaking there. I just think that's interesting, too, that these three ACC teams, Clemson, Florida State, and Miami, are all sitting there at 9.5. Miami's under 9.5 is minus 142, so it's the same as Clemson. So the odds makers essentially have Clemson and Miami in the same exact realm. On the other side of this break, can we try to make some sense of what's going on with Miami? I mean, we can. I I just, I don't get it. I, I understand the Cam Ward thing. I he, think he gives you a couple wins that you didn't have with the other nonsense quarterbacks that they have fielded. But is he worth that many more? I'll tell you how many more I think it is right after this. Mark your calendar for February 26th from noon until 1.30. It's the annual State of Clemson with special guests including Clemson University President Jim Clements and Clemson City Mayor Robert Halfacre. Register at the Clemson Area Chamber of Commerce website at clemsonareachamber.org. Join area leaders and businesses for the annual State of Clemson, Monday, February 26th at the Madron Center at 12 noon. Advanced registration is required. clemsonareachamber.org. The Pendleton Tire Company wants you to have as strong a tire as you are. The Michelin Defender LTX is ready for the tough jobs and the long hauls. It holds up to tough conditions and will keep you rolling strong with confidence. Give Zach or Joey a call at 864-646-3694. Michelin Tires and the Pendleton Tire Company, a winning combination since 1973. Call them today and be sure to check them out at PendletonTire.com. Attention golf cart fans, Salty Fries has expanded to Greenville, bringing us the number one golf cart, the Icon EV, voted by thousands to be the number one overall best golf cart brand and the best street legal golf cart in 2023. Come experience the difference. Best yet, Salty Fries golf carts of Greenville can customize the Clemson-themed golf cart of your dreams. Save up to $2,000 during the end of the model year closeout sale. Salty Fries on Highway 183 in Piedmont and at SaltyFriesFRYES.com. If you are dealing with the complexities of selling an inherited property or navigating a property in probate, Samuel Property Group is here to help. Hi, this is Brady Brannon, owner of Samuel Property Group, your trusted partner in real estate solutions. Whether it's navigating probate laws or needing a quick real estate sale without the MLS, Samuel Property Group can get you a quick cash offer in as little as 10 days. Visit SamuelPropertyGroup.com today to turn your property challenges into great opportunities. Hi everybody, I'm Don Munson. Up next is your daily update on what's happening with Clemson Athletics. But first, this from Founders Federal Credit Union. Attention all basketball fans, are you ready to experience MVP treatment in banking? Look no further than Founders Federal Credit Union, where personalized service is the winning play. Don't settle for being just another number. Join Founders and receive the personalized attention you deserve, along with great rates, loans, for any reason, and a dynamic online experience. Visit one of their 41 convenient office locations, or visit foundersfcu.com to see if you qualify for membership. Relax, go Tigers! Federally insured by NCUA, membership qualification required, terms and conditions apply. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Congratulations to men's basketball player Joseph Girard. As he was named the ACC Player of the Week, as announced by the league office yesterday, it is the first Player of the Week honor in his career from the ACC. 
Girard averaged 19.5 points, five rebounds, two and a half assists, and wins over number three North Carolina and Syracuse, both on the road, as he finished 54.5% from the field, 60% from outside the three-point arc, and was 100% from the free throw line in the two games. 21.6 rebounds, three assists against the Tar Heels of North Carolina. Then he came back on Saturday, and he scored 18 points as he went five of six from the floor, four of five from beyond the three-point arc, and was a perfect four of four at the charity strike. 18 points, that means he now has exactly 2,000 career points, and nice to see him do it actually there at Syracuse. He's currently 13th in the league in scoring 15.1 points per game. He is first in free throw percentage as he is averaging 93.4% from the free throw line. Of course, next up for Clemson is Wednesday night. Tomorrow, Miami will be in town. 7 o'clock game. Hope you can be there. As always, go Tigers. Powered by Upcountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. How can we get your undivided attention? If you just look over here for two seconds, I'll do anything. I'll watch a foreign film. I'll talk to a man with a ponytail. Get in at 654-ROAR and let us know what you want to talk about. We are the Roar. Before we get back into college football win totals, some news coming out of Clemson where the NFL has invited 321 players to their combine, the main event, uh, where the underwear Olympics, your draft life is decided. Apparently, um, it's become such a glamorized thing and blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's still very important, but it's it's become, it, it's a little overdone. It's become opinion. a TV product now. It's just kind of silly, isn't when, it? When it was its best TV product, it was, we're going to do everything as normal and just happen to put a camera in the building. But it's also a letdown in, in a degree because a lot of guys are like, uh, if I'm not 100% healthy or I don't feel really, really good about some of these drills and measurements and examinations, I'm just going to wait. Well, I think it's also tough from a fan standpoint that the most important things that happen at the Combine are in the private meeting rooms. That's the that's the most important thing that occurs, in my opinion. It's not the scouting Combine. It's the interviewing Combine. It's what it should be called. The 2024 interview, NFL interview. Because that's that's where you get the face-to-face, and you, you do get a lot of weird questions, and you get a lot of, you know, kind of, prying into your life questions at times. And. But it also, you need to go through it because then what they like, what they've met with you or in your meetings or what have you, that inclines these teams to send much more personnel to your pro day and to really invest into you. But it's still, I think, a really, really big deal for getting a chance to get face-to-face time with executives for these teams. Look how much harder it is for the guys coaches. to get drafted that don't get invited to the combine. Yeah. That yeah. just have a pro day. The FaceTime matters. Okay, here are the six Clemson players invited to the 2024 NFL Combine. Uh, any of these names surprise you, John? Will Shipley, running back. Okay. Tyler Davis, defensive tackle. All right. Ruka Rororo, defensive tackle. Okay. Xavier Thomas, defensive end. 
Jeremiah Trotter, junior linebacker and cornerback, Nate Wiggins. I am not surprised by any of those entries to the combine. Anybody get left off? Ooh. That's a really good question. I can't think of any. I can't think of any either. Because like I, I didn't. Was such a young team. True. And I didn't think, like, obviously, I know Sheridan Jones saw the hell things at the end of his career. I don't know if like, playing against going to happen. I don't think Jalen Phillips had a big NFL. I'm just trying to think of guys who are leaving without eligibility. Yeah, who are definitely not coming back to the program. Seniors that play Will Putnam. Their Will Putnam year. is one for me. Yeah. I felt like he would have. I thought he was a really good center the last two years. And I thought he would have maybe gotten some, some looks there. Okay. That'd probably be the one for me. But an interesting list, nonetheless, of of Clemson guys. Oh yeah, and it's obviously is you know one of the main position groups where Clemson sells us up the best. To have two defensive tackles and a defensive end participating in the combine is not going to hurt the recruiting efforts for Nick Eason and Chris Rump. It's important for everyone, so don't mistake what I'm about to say, but or ask you, but who does it really mean a lot to on this list? Ooh, like who can help themselves the most? At the combine. You know, I think I'm going to go. Can I say four of of the six? Four of the six. Let me tell you why. Because so I think Nate Wiggins and Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Stand up. If you're looking at positional big boards is in the top five of their position group. Depending on what NFL analyst you're talking to. Right. Yeah. But I don't I don't think Trotter's anywhere close to lock for a first round. I, I don't think so either. Wiggins isn't a lock, but he's a much, much higher chance. But I think that when you're looking at a position group that is as deep as the defensive line in these drafts or at a position like running back where it's really just about a fit more than anything, to be able to talk to these guys, to see them, to create something that maybe has you stand out or differentiate amongst if they're sitting there in the third round and they want to take a defensive tackle and there's four left on the board, you know, maybe Rook does something at the Combine in an interview setting that stands out to separate him from the other three guys in, that are in contention for that spot. Yeah. I think I think Rook and Tyler Davis, very important Combines for them. I think XT's is incredibly important from an interview perspective. Obviously, I know he looks good, you know, coming off the bus. He's got, in, he's in the best shape of his life right now. I think he is going to test extremely well. But he is a guy who was in college for six years. Yeah, I think I think that hurts just from a standpoint of almost too much film on you, and we've evaluated what your ceiling is, and so really nothing you say is going to change that. I just I don't know. I'm we I don't I don't really have we don't have enough data, and I haven't talked to anybody. I'd, I'd love to get some NFL execs on or discuss this with them. But how much does that? You've played in college forever, Phil, affect how they look at some of these guys. Because, like a Michael Penix, you're 25 years old. Like, your your best football, we pro- we may have seen it. You know? I mean, that's the problem with, with some of these guys well, who stuck around forever. Like, like for Bo Nix, for example, I've not taken him in the first couple rounds because I feel like there's I know everything there is to know about Bo Nix and what he can do as a quarterback. I've never really felt he was an NFL quarterback at Auburn, and I thought he improved as a player, but I don't think he's this top-flight NFL quarterback after two years at Oregon. On the Adams Covey text line, interesting question. If you're invited to the combine, does that mean you're draftable? I don't know how to how to answer that 
It means that the people who put this on feel that you are of the best 321 prospects that are available. Yeah, they don't have like a strict criteria that we know of. The NFL like there's doesn't. no, you can't, there's no um, clause in the league that says, oh, that, that player didn't go to the combine. You can't draft them until the fourth round. Or something or you can't like draft that. Them at all. Yeah, there's no parameters around. They that. don't use you know PFF's top you know 500 players or something to to make their decisions. I, I don't know what they don't think they ever really revealed their real parameters for an invite, but it, it certainly means that they feel like you have a decent chance of being in the league next year. You know, I would love to have our our regular guest Landon Walker on talk about this because I remember when he and I were living together when he was coming out at Clemson watching him try to go through the process of trying to get selected for different senior bowls and how to get invited to certain things. I have to pick his brain about that. Okay, maybe we'll do that. It's from a player standpoint. All right, so... I, I think that your agent has something to do with it as well, some of your representation. They push for it, man. Yeah. Man, I'm just trying to think who... I, I mean, Will Shipley's a tough case. Really tough. Because I, I don't know, I, I don't think he's a guaranteed lock to be drafted. But boy, a, a good combine, test well. Uh, he's obviously going to do well in interviews. You know, he's just he just has a good personality. I think he's going to come across, you know, as as passionate and intense in a lot of the drills stuff that he does. But when you sit down with him one on one, he's I think he's much more cerebral. You know, when emotions are are uh, you know. Not all over the place in a in a, in a competitive uh, setting, so I think I think he'll interview well. Uh, I think Tyler Davis needs to have a really good combine to secure, you know, a top three round kind of guy. I don't, you know, guy like him, you wouldn't be shocked if he slipped to the fourth or fifth. Uh, I'm sorry, I was on the phone. What player? Tyler Davis. Yeah, I think he is a guy who you can look at the tape, you see the production, you know what he can give you. But I just worry because he's not a he is not built like Dexter Lawrence at 6'5". That I, I worry, could he get crushed in the measurables? I, I remember talk we you know the Grady Jarrett draft. And I think he has proven that he is a dominant defensive lineman in this league over several years. Yeah. But he went fourth, fifth round because he's six feet tall? Yeah. Hmm. So you, that's your that's your that's, biggest concern. That's my biggest concern with Tyler Davis is is maybe some of the measurables. Okay, but you cut the tape on. It's easy to see that that guy can play. Yeah. But so much of this time of the year, when we you go through, you get all caught up in the height, weight, the measurable hand measurements. Brad, we're right around the corner from that. We're discussing hand sizes. I know you're excited about that. Can't wait. That we get so caught up in the new data that we get. Yeah. Texter says XT was hurt two-thirds of his career, so there actually isn't a lot of film on him. He played in 57 games, I believe it is. That's a lot of football games, John. Well, and I think that like from an interview perspective, yeah, he's going to have to explain, hey, you know, these couple years, what was up with your production and the play here, and then what changed? I mean, yeah, he's going to have to explain the, his Clemson career. Yeah, but fifty-seven games—that's that's that's a lot. It's a lot of games. I I, I think he played more than two thirds of, you know, he didn't, he didn't miss two thirds of his career. That's not accurate. He had two seasons where he did not play much at all, but he had four seasons where he played fourteen, twelve, eleven, and twelve. Yeah, he played. He, he played, played a lot football. more than we think. He played a lot of football. But I just want to clear that up. 
654 Roar. Let's go to Ken in Simpsonville. Hey, Ken, how you doing? Uh, yeah, uh, my question was, we were talking about uh, Justin Fields, and uh, I, I'm with you guys. I think he's uh, not performed that well in the NFL compared to others. But my question was, like, how far do you think in the draft you drop down where it, where it turns out you had a pick that you actually do trade for a Justin Fields? I mean, and, and I guess my side question is, where do you rank them? Like, you're talking about a Bo Nix or a Drake Mays. Like, I think Michael Penix Jr. is the first one, but I don't know second, third, and fourth in the draft, who you, who you guys think would be So you're saying, draft. Just if you if you don't mind, just kind of word that again one time for me with Justin Fields. Yeah, I'm just saying, you were saying, like, obviously you don't take a top ten pick and trade it for Justin Fields, but I was just wondering what you thought, how far the, the that cut would off. go down to yeah. get him. Okay, and, I got and, you. You know, what, and the rankings of the top, say, five or six quarterbacks in this draft, where you guys think they roughly would be, you gotcha. know? Okay. Thanks, Ken. I'll take Thank you. I appreciate the call. Yeah, you know, you could argue that you wouldn't want to give a first-round pick at all for Justin Fields. Just to me, with the, the 50-year option part of it alone. Like just how the contract works, the window you give yourself. Yeah, you got two years. And you have to make the commitment after one year what you're going to do with him moving forward. Essentially, because, yeah, if you go into that, that fifth rookie year deal – you're not you're not bringing him back, and if he did explode on you, then he's going to go test the market. He's not going to sign. With or you're going to have to just pay a ridiculous amount. Yeah, and and you want to have those negotiations, even if you waited until the basically if you tell him you're picking up the fifth year option, he he's not going to be there. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to be he's not going to be there beyond that. Yeah, because he's going to want to so get the right. second it's, contract. It's one year. I'm, I'm not getting a first round pick for that. No, I'm not doing it. Uh, no, second. Yeah, I would I would entertain it depending on where it is and especially if you can convince Chicago so the, to pay a little bit of the contract. There's nowhere in the first round you would give up. For me that. personally, just for how we have set this league up to find success in rookie quarterback contract windows. Okay. I feel like I am making things way more difficult than I need to. All right. What about the we we've discussed this before, but what about the quarterback rankings? For this draft class, I, I'm going to give you. I'm going to list off quarterbacks here. I just I quick googled a quarterback big board for the 2024 draft, and I would, I'm going to do simple. Would you? Who would you rather have? All right, this quarterback or Justin Fields? <laughs> okay, Caleb Williams or Justin Fields? Caleb Williams. Drake May or Justin Fields? Drake May. Jaden Daniels or Justin Fields? Jaden Daniels. Michael Penix Jr. Or Justin Fields? Michael Penix Jr. Bo Nix or Justin Fields? First time I've really had some Now thoughts. this is where we start having the conversation. I think I would put him in between Penix and Bo Nix. I would right now want to take, if I'm not giving up a first-round pick, because I don't think you're spending a first-round pick on these guys, I would rather take Justin Fields over J.J. McCarthy. Do you think Bo Nix is a first-round pick? No, I do not. Do you think he'll, he'll go, whether or not we think he is, do you think he'll go first-round? These guys get pushed up. Um, I think if he ends up going in the first round, it'll be a situation like how when Lamar Jackson, when the Ravens traded back into the first round to take him at the end of the first round after four of the quarterbacks went off the board. I could maybe see some draft movement to take someone him if you think he's the fifth best and you missed out on the other four. Yeah. But I don't think unless there's some crazy trading or maneuvering along the draft board, I don't think Bo Nix is a first round pick. Okay. I think teams would take J.J. McCarthy over Bo Nix. 
Hmm. All right. I, th- I mean, I can. I think I buy kind of what you're right, saying. One more. Right? All right. Spencer Rattler or Justin Fields? <sighs> That's a tough one. I just, folks, I'm just really, 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 really low on Justin Fields. I just, I just have not seen the ability to, and I, and I know the Bears handicap everybody, but I just, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't even get to the metric segment yet, and we've just trashed the Bears the whole day. I just, I think I might roll the dice on Spencer Rattler. I'm just that low on Justin Fields. I just don't want him. I don't want him on my team. I've not seen anything. I'd rather have the unknown of Spencer Rattler than the unknown of whether it was coaching or personnel in Chicago that made him so bad, or whether he just can't read a defense. 6-5-4 roar, final segment for this. It's time to stop the debt collectors. It's time to get a fresh start. It's time to stop the foreclosures. Tax time is coming up. Time to do something for yourself. Time to get your fresh start. Come see Robert King for help. Call Robert King at 864-222-0200. Or visit his website at www.thompsonking.com. Thompson & King is a debt relief agency. Robert King helps people file for bankruptcy relief under the bankruptcy code. Harbin Lumber Company has been helping build dreams since 1917. Proudly serving our local communities for over 100 years for all your building material needs. With spring around the corner, now is the time to think about a new deck or deck remodel or screen porch. Have it completed so you can enjoy the great outdoors. Visit HarbinLumber.com or call us at 706-356-4300 and let us show how we can help with your vision. That's 706-356-4300. Hi, I'm Allison. I teach Bible study at the Dream Center, and it has been a very fulfilling thing for me to be able to see life change and walk alongside the very people that we are helping. By volunteering at the Dream Center, it gives you a chance to get a front row seat into exactly what we're doing in the Dream Center and how the Dream Center touches lives, not only here, but in the surrounding areas. Classes are offered Monday through Thursday here on campus. And one of the neat things is how you can get involved. If you're a retired teacher, you have time, you have an education background, or even if you just love people and have a passion for something, anything, we would love for you to come and be a part of our team and be a part of what we do here at the Dream Center. The Dream Center has over 600 volunteers that help in all aspects of their ministry. Learn more and sign up for a volunteer orientation at dreamcenterpc.org. Valentine's is approaching fast, so be ready for that special day. Rooster's Men's Grooming Center has everything that you need to look your best for your special date. Get anything from a haircut or neck trim to a seven-step facial shave. This modern classic barber shop has everything you need to look your best. Call 864-884-8920 for your next appointment. Or use the new Roosters app to see more of the services they provide. Located on Pelham Road in Greenville. 59 years is a long time, especially when you're talking about how long a company has been in business. But that's exactly how long Joe Robertson and son have been servicing and installing roofs right here in the upstate. 59 years. That means that many of the roofs you see every day, your neighbors, the roof at your favorite restaurant, even the roofs you're driving past right now are likely a Joe Robertson and Son roof. Now you might be wondering why so many people here in the upstate have chosen Joe Robertson and Son for their roofing needs for nearly six decades. And the answer is simple. They were founded on the principles of providing quality workmanship, 
fair pricing, and complete customer satisfaction. When you work with them, you won't pay a single dime until the job's been completed to your satisfaction. So if you have any roofing needs, do what so many people in the upstate have done for the past 59 years. Make it a Joe Robertson and Son Roof. Call 246-0886. That's 246-0886. Or visit robertsonroofing.net. Gilstrap Roofing has an experienced team that specializes in shingle and flat roofs for residential, commercial, and industrial customers. Their dedication to complete customer satisfaction is why a large portion of their business comes from repeat customers and referrals. If you need a full-service roofing contractor that has over 88 years of experience and takes pride in top customer satisfaction, Gilstrap Roofing has got you covered. Call for your free roofing estimate today at 269-1232 and online at gilstraproofing.com. The college football games may have ended, but the offseason is just getting started, and we have you covered all year long. These fans need to calm down. The big game hype is real. I can't wait. They really need to produce for their fans. The Roar, where every day is game day. Final segment on a Tuesday. Concern our meter tomorrow. Plus, we'll break down Clemson and Miami and get you ready for that one tomorrow night at 7 p.m. over Little John Coliseum, airtime 630, right here on the Roar, the flagship station. 654-7627, you want to get in with us. We were talking about the guys going to the combine. Again, it's important for everybody. Six Clemson players will be there of the 321 prospects invited. Uh, any of those guys? I mean, Thomas got well, was Thomas a little banged up at the Senior Bowl. I mean, not the Senior Bowl, the East West Shrine East game. West I don't game. remember seeing so. All the stuff I saw was that he was doing having a phenomenal performance out but there. But he didn't. He didn't. Pra- or he didn't play in the game, right? I cannot confirm that one <laughs> way or another. Uh, Tyler Davis did not have a great Senior Bowl week. I wonder if he could have been nursing something. I'm just thinking. Well, I mean, I just know I, I can't speak to if he was injured specifically, but I do know at the Senior Bowl that they had to, for the first time in Senior Bowl history, reconfigure the rosters on game day due to a, the amount of available defensive tackles that were participating in the game. Yeah, I think Braden Fisk from Florida State had to switch teams on game day, so everyone would have the same or have enough guys to play the game. But I don't think anybody's going to be limited at the combine that we know of. I mean, Shipley, you know, got banged up there at the end of the Kentucky game. Uh, you know the bowl game, but he was he was okay. Remember, it was just a really scary incident, but it sounded like he was okay. Uh, I don't I don't think any of these guys have any injury concerns that'll limit them. Now that doesn't mean they're going to perform every drill. Yeah, bingo. Because a lot of these things we won't know until they till they get there that they're going to disclose what they're doing or what they're not doing. Like the only people I think we're going to know what they're participation at the combine is going to be or probably just Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jane Daniels, and Michael Penix. Yeah. Because their agents will have that put out before the thing gets started. I'm curious how much Thomas, Aurora, and Davis do. I'm really curious. A quick, quick note on Thomas. He played in 61 total games, by the way. And that's, I think he's only the ninth player in the history of Clemson football to play in that many games, to play in 60 games or more. So I think it was, it was total of 61 what he ended up playing in. Uh, obviously, Shipley needs a huge combine. Trotter needs a big combine if he wants to be a first-round draft pick. Yes. 
And Nate Wiggins, I think, has a great chance to be a first-round draft pick, but he can go and showcase himself uh, well. So that that's coming up. Uh, we're, we're not quite there to the combine yet. We're not ready to start breaking it down. But February 26th through March 4th is when that will occur. Uh, John, can I just give you the list of quarterbacks who are going to be there? Sure. Jaden Daniels. Okay. Sam Hartman. Devin Leary. Sam Hartman going to do anything, or is uh, he just going to show up and look pretty? I'm not, I feel I like that's all he tries right to do lately. Uh, Devin Leary, surprised that he got invited? Why? I don't know. What? <laughs> Because he played for Mark Well, because Liam Cohen is now back in the NFL. Probably so, so. Oh, my goodness. What? what Drake, Drake May. Okay. J.J. McCarthy. That's fine. Joe Milton III. Oh, gosh. Is he going to get a bump in his draft stock at the combine when they see how far he can throw an orange? He's not getting drafted. I, I don't think so either. But I, I think someone could take a late flyer on him based on how far he can throw a football. Bo Nix. Michael Penix Jr. Okay. Michael Pratt from Tulane. Eh, all right. Didn't have a great year this year, but I don't have a problem with that. The aforementioned Spencer Rattler. Definitely needs Carolina. to be there. Uh, Western Kentucky's Austin Reed. Boy, he had a bad year this year. That whole offense just wasn't what it has been. Huge fall off. Uh, Keaton Slovis. There's no need for Keaton Slovis to be at the NFL Combine. I think we all know that he is not an NFL quarterback. I don't. I guess they need somebody. I, 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 can, I can tell you three coaching staffs that'll vouch that he is not an NFL quarterback. Keaton Slovis and... Keaton Slovis, Austin Reed, and Joe Milton are there in case some of these other guys and don't, Devin throw, don't throw and they need somebody to throw to the receivers. Yes. That's what it feels like to me. Because I think they do have to make a certain quota of quarterbacks to make sure they can get I know. I remember going years back, I remember when Colin Harper went to the combine, not as like a draftable guy, but as a combine arm. Yeah, that's the way this feels with some of these guys. Uh, Jordan Travis... Got an invite. We don't think he'll be healthy enough to probably do anything. No, but very good for him to be able to get into a meeting room with these NFL teams and show what he can do on the whiteboard and things Does like that. Does he have a future in the NFL? Jordan Travis? Yeah. Before the injury, I thought he had progressed to where, like the first couple of years of him starting, I thought there was no chance he was an NFL quarterback. But the way he has, Mike Norvell and his staff have improved his play, before the injury, I thought, yes. I thought he was a draftable prospect. Now, the only question I have now is the health. If he can answer some of the medical questions and teams can feel good about him, I would take a late-round flyer on Jordan Travis. He's, I mean, I don't think he plays at all next year. No, know? I don't think so either. I think you have to be almost like how, but with less investment, of what the Detroit's Lions did with um, Hennon Hooker last year. I hope he gets drafted so that way he's on a roster for next season and can rehab and go through all that. And, and get a, a real chance in 25 to... To make the make a squad, Caleb Williams from USC will obviously be there. Will he do anything? No, I don't think he may or Daniels throw it all. Yeah, I, agree. I don't think they do anything other than interviews and do the medical stuff. So, so real quick, they, will they get drafted? Daniels, yes. Hartman, um, probably. Leary, no. May, yes. McCarthy, yes. Milton, Eileen, mm, no. Maybe a flyer seventh round. Yeah. Pick. Bo Nix. Yeah, he will be. Penix. Definitely. Yeah. Michael Pratt. I think he will. Rattler. Yes. Day two. Yes. Not day three. Right now I'm leaning day two for Rattler. Okay. Uh, Reed. Uh, no. Slovis. Gosh, no. Travis. We'll see. Potentially. And then, of course, Williams. I think Caleb Williams will be one. drafted. Yeah, I think, I think he's going number one to the Chicago Bears. Good luck with that. Let me know how it goes for you. <laughs> Have a good time.
654 Roar. Hope you like pizza. Uh, you want to get in uh, with us. Texter asks, can someone be drafted the year after they leave college or they have to sign a free agent contract somewhere? Uh, yeah, he would He would have to come out here. and. If you do not get drafted in this, if he ever wants to play in the NFL, it would have to be as like a free agent signing. Yeah. But there's no reason not to go through the draft process if you're him. Oh, yeah, you have to go through it. Because if you don't get drafted, then you just sign as a free agent, and then you can spend next year rehabbing. Regardless, I hope he ends up on a roster badly. Like I really want to see that. I do, too, because I want to see him get a full year of rehab with a team and then get a chance to really try to prove something in 25. We'll see. All right, uh, let's go back to our conversations on the win totals, John, and this can carry over to tomorrow for sure. We talked about Clemson, Florida State, and Miami all having the same exact win totals at 9.5, and they're all playing in the same league. And Florida State plays both teams. Clemson and Miami do not play in 2024. But Clemson is minus 142. Miami is minus 142, both on the unders. And Florida State's minus 148. Read into that what you will if you want to take under 9.5. You have to pay more money on that. Why is Miami 9.5? Can you answer that question? <laughs> um, Cam Ward gives them a noticeable bump. I think he adds. He definitely added at least a win and a half to their win total, in my See, opinion. See, I think it's higher than that. We talked about this before the show. I, well, you I, know more about that than I do. I think so, he's. I think he's worth two and a half. I, I, I think it's really that much. Maybe even more. Had if he weren't there and it was a quarterback that we didn't know, Miami's probably six and a half. Maybe even. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, if he did not, if he chose to go to the NFL like we originally thought he was going to do, I don't know who Miami would end up paying. Curry Brown would be right now, and that win total would not be. It'd be barely getting to a bowl game. They would have paid somebody to come in regardless. So factor that in. It's probably worth probably six and a half to seven and a half, depending on who they would have gotten. Not named Cam Ward. That's why I think Cam Ward's worth at least two. My only thing is, is what's the definition of insanity, Brad? Doing the same thing over and over and over again. And expecting different results. Yeah. We just finished a season where, yes, Miami beat Clemson. But they didn't do a whole lot of nothing. Mario Cristobal has not seemed to get better as an in-game head football coach. No. I would say no. I still think a lot of the... I think he is doing a good job recruiting and doing a decent job in the portal. But I think a lot of it is... You know, we talk a lot of flash versus substance. I just don't know where the subs. I think they've got some good individual pieces, but I don't see a complete team here that is ready to challenge for the league, just like every single year with Miami. And I will use the same line I've used in years past. I will buy Miami when they give me something to buy. I, I am not doing the preseason. Oh, yeah, I, no, this, is not, the this is the year of the Canes. This is the year of the Canes. I just we're not, we're not, I don't do that. Can I give you a little bit of pushback, though? Sure, please. I welcome it. As, and, and this is not my thoughts. I'm just trying to reason out what people are thinking, why they're, why they're high at so high Miami. Please. Who's the best quarterbacks in the country this year? Just answer oh, that one question. Man. Just, just look at it from that perspective. Who are the best quarterbacks in the country this year? Coming yeah, back. Cam Ward's going to be one of them. Cam Ward, Dylan Gabriel, Shadur Sanders... Quinn Ewers, Carson Beck, 
John Kenmore's right there with all of those guys that I just mentioned. His numbers, from a statistical standpoint, you know, but I, are better than a lot of the guys I just mentioned. Yeah. Well, that's that's a very good point. So I think uh, it's but, to me it's, it's a reflection that there's not like Cam Ward is held in a very high regard because there aren't a lot of really great returning quarterbacks. Daniels is gone, Penix is gone, Nix is gone, K. Williams is gone, Drake May's gone. A lot Talia Tungavaloa is gone. Uh, not due to a lack of effort, though. <laughs> Spencer Rattler's gone. He was a top twenty five quarterback passing last year. There's a lot of guys gone. So who are the, who, there's just not a lot of brand name great no. quarterbacks coming back. But you know Cam Ward. So there, there's a bump because of that. Sure. I, I, under, I understand the the bump there. I just I worry about the other 21 players on the field and the coaching staff from Miami. I buy everything with Cam Ward. But we are we are such a quarterback centric society. If you have a quarterback. I think you can win a lot of games. If you don't have a quarterback, I don't think you're winning any games. Like, that's the the the, the spectrum here. It's the ends of it that people go with. I'm just I'm just saying, I understand that, I, to me, wherever Cam Ward would have ended up would be getting a massive bump. That's my point, John. Now, it just happens to be at a school that gets hyped up every single year, and it's impossible to just buy into the hype anymore. Because there's such a letdown, and because Mario can't coach his way out of a paper sack. I agree with everything you just said, and it, it, no matter where Cam Ward went, they were going to get a bump. And I, I do view Miami more of a threat to win the league than I did had they not had Cam Ward. But I still have some of this. I've been burned by Miami before, and I just refuse to let it happen again. We've been doing the show together multiple years now, and you and I have been working at the same station for several years. And you and I have had off-air this conversation every single year since we have worked together. I know, I know. And I'm just not going to allow myself to do it. But to my point, in the Heisman Trophy odds, Quinn Ewers is number one tied with Carson Beck. And then Dylan Gabriel. So that, those are those are the three brand names coming back, John. After that, it's Will Howard, Jalen Milrow, and Nico Amalieva. Known commodities played one game. I know. And he's he's... Sixth on the list for Heisman. Well, we're also getting into this. We have a new trend developing that whoever's going to be the new starting quarterback for Tennessee is given all this unwarranted praise before they've done anything yet. Well, that's sort of the hypo effect. The the offense produces some numbers. Except for when Joe Milton's executing it. Yeah, because he's just that bad. But, I mean, but last year it was, could Joe Milton be a first-round pick? Look how far he can throw the football. Yeah. That was way out of hand. We said it was out of hand when it happened. Uh, But... The problem is nothing else Miami adds up other than they've got a brand name at quarterback at a brand name school. And so that's a narrative bump. That's a nine and a half narrative bump. Do you think a lot of it could also be that they know that they're going to get some action in Miami with this kind of high of a number? Is it a bait? They're setting some bait for people? I don't know. They they sort of have to do every team. If you do a couple, you have to do everybody. So I, I don't know. I understand what you're saying, but I still think it is it is you're inevitably gonna get money on some certain brands no matter what. Miami is one of those brands. And everybody wants to start up the hype train every single year. And so you this year, because of Cam Ward coming there, you have to set the number a little higher. You're gonna get crushed on on the over. 
You know, they're not in the predictive business. It just turns out a lot of the way that they formulate their odds turn out to be close to the actual reality. They don't set it up to be predictive, but we all use it as predictive. Yeah. They're they're a market. They're establishing a market to see where it goes. And right now, it's going towards the under in Miami. Under 9.5 is minus 142. That's a pretty significant number. So... That's where that stands. Uh, it, real quick, uh, we'll we'll get to some of the other ACC teams tomorrow. We'll do some SEC teams too. I want to take a look at South Carolina, at Georgia, and evaluate some of those. So we'll do a, all of that on uh, tomorrow's show. Plus, we'll break down Clemson basketball taking on Miami tomorrow. Speaking of the Canes, coming up next, it's out of bounds. So we have a wonderful, happy, and safe day. William Qualkinbush is here. I just saw him. Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT 